two, one. The national champion is clad in and big on. orange. Alabama does it. National championship number 18. 13 and all. Absolute perfection. 20, 10, He's got five, it. End zone. Touchdown Titans. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. It's the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. A visit with Drake Colley and friends talking about the magical world of sports in Middle Tennessee. And welcome into the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake, joined by Coach Mike on the board. And it is Monday, September 11th, Manic Monday. And should we not forget that 22 years ago today was the most horrific assault on United, on probably on the United States of America in history, as we shall never forget 9-11 and all the people and lives that were lost in that terrorist attack and, uh, I just want to say I watched a piece, and I've seen it before and it's run before, but I watched a piece on 9-11 and talked about the fire departments and the battalions that are there in New York City that answered the call that day, and it brought tears to my eyes um, to hear fellow firefighters describing the heroic, just unbelievably heroic efforts that those firemen uh, tackled, <laughs> to use a yeah. better word, or, or when, I mean, you know, you're talking about, you're talking about going upstairs, the stairs, in, up to the fires, up to where the planes hit, to get people out, knowing that, like they said on the, uh, on the piece on, on TV, each step they took up those stairs, they're chances of survival diminished with each step to go up there and save people out of those buildings. Yeah, they they uh they knew what the risks were going in and they knew that the chances were were not good about getting people completely out of it, but they figured they could get a few. That's they right. Couldn't get everybody, but they could get a few. And a lot of them lost their lives in and, in the process of doing it. And yeah, it was just a horrific was, day, uh, and we shall never forget that day. And probably God worst, bless everyone that yeah uh, has any connection with nine eleven. We all have a connection, but there are others that have a much deeper connection, losing family members and loved ones, not only in the towers, but in the first responders that responded to those. Uh, attacks and those buildings um, lost hundreds of lives also. And we just, yeah. we also had, you know, in, in the same day and in the same event, you know, the, the, the attack on the Pentagon yes. and then the potential attack upon the Capitol that was thwarted by the passengers and the people that uh, lost their lives on the planes. Y- yes. I mean, uh, you know, there's, but you had, the, you had that group of, of heroic passengers, civilians who took, who realized, you know, they, they sure. found out, that their plane hadn't made it to its destination yet, realized sure. they were probably, you know, on, on one of those planes that they were going to try to hit the Capitol. They rushed the cockpit, ended up crashing the plane out in the Pennsylvania yeah. wilderness, uh, 
you know, that's just I mean, where, he, where heroes regarding you know, knowing knowing what was probably going to happen, but they they saved the lives of many many people in Washington. So yeah, it was one of those days. Probably the uh, probably the worst day in our history since Pearl Harbor, and yes. uh, in, in some in some regards worse because it was more civilians than it was. You know, Pearl Harbor was was bad. Yeah. It was it was horribly bad. Yes. Uh, a, a similar number of people, but they were. They, it was a military installation, and you know, doesn't make it any less of a of a tragedy. But now, nine eleven was a completely civilian population. Sure. Outside of the the firemen that went in heroically to uh, to try to rescue them. So well, uh, uh, yeah, it's God bless everyone uh, that need uh, to remember that day. Uh, always need to remember that day. And we're always we always I always will remember till. You know, till the day I die, yeah. till the day I die, and I think, At, and I think a lot of our listeners and a lot of people out there that, you know, when, when, nine eleven is approaching, yeah, and they were they were alive and remember, it's one of those things where you remember where you were every what, every what, generation when you saw it has on TV, what room you were in or what where what what where wherever yeah. you were, whatever you heard it on the radio or saw it on TV for the first time. Uh, it's kind of like um, Kennedy's death when he was assassinated. Say, you you remember that, or you know, I mean, or Pearl Harbor. You know, every generation seems to have sure, one of those days. Sure, and, and that's you know, okay. uh, and, and yeah, you get yeah Pearl Harbor. You have Kennedy's assassination, nine uh, eleven. You know, those days that are just embedded into your mind. There you go, and, and uh, should be to tell you the truth. Yeah, should be absolutely never forget. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Kind of a crazy weekend over 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 the course of the weekend. Um, the magic, my magic eight ball, and I got things right on Friday night and went two and zero. Um, but on Saturday, <laughs> the other foot fell. I tell you what, the magic eight ball, he, the, the magic eight ball got Texas right against Alabama. Yeah. They won the ball game outright. Um, uh, it it had Texas Tech. Did you see the end of the Texas Tech game, Oregon game? No, I didn't get. I no, I didn't get. I didn't get to see that. I was trying to remember if I saw highlights of Oregon's up by point thirty one thirty. Right, Texas Tech is getting seven six and a half seven points. So Texas Tech, who the eight ball predicted, uh, is covering the spread as time is running out. Texas Tech drops back to throw the pass. The quarterback's arm gets hit. The ball pops up. Defensive lineman grab or linebacker grabs the ball in the air, runs opposite direction as time's running out, and Oregon covers the spread by a point for a meaningless touchdown. They're already going to win the ball game. Uh, so I mean, I, I'm that, I'm, that, I'm counting were, that as a win, you guys. I don't they, care what you. You don't say. call that a bad beat, huh? Uh, that, is, that, is a, that is extremely bad beat. Um. Another game that the eight ball had picked had SMU plus seventeen against OU. Final scores twenty eight to uh, twenty eight to eleven, seventeen points. And uh, so the you know the the eight ball was right on the cusp of some, yeah. of, of having a good weekend. Um, you know the Nebraska Colorado game, coach. I, um, you know Matt. Look, Nebraska and Matt Rule, the the coach that was at the Carolina, got fired from the Carolina Panthers uh, in the NFL, and then went and took the job at Nebraska. You know, he said, you know, we're working on it. We're we're, we're trying to get this together. We're trying to get 
our offensive players together, quit making mistakes, quit turning the ball over. Nebraska had four turnovers in their prior game, and then they had four turnovers against Colorado. And you know as well as I do, you can't be turned the you can't turn the ball over four times, especially to an explosive type of offense oh, yeah. that Colorado has. Yeah, I, I wonder sometimes if you know we, we kind of laugh about it sometimes and, and stuff, but all the antics and all the stuff that uh, primetime does, I think it does. It has this effect that it gets his guys ready for the glitz and the glamour and the 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 attention that the big stage, to, the big stage, and they're not as intimidated by it as maybe some of these other colleges that, you know, Nebraska's not used to the big stage right now. And, and I think they kind of got tightened. They tightened up a little bit. And where by the time you get to the season start with, with all the stuff that uh, Sanders does, Coach Sanders does, to, to hype his team and stuff like that, sure. they're used to the big lights. They're yeah. used to the bright lights. And so it doesn't intimidate them so much. And they play – Fast and loose, just well, they, like he talks. <laughs> well, they've got Colorado State next, and so we'll see what happens against Colorado yeah, State. I, I, I don't. See I, them, I expect another. You know, I don't see him having a problem with no. it. But you know, it's an in-state rivalry, and you know how in-state rivalries go. The kids get the uh, get get a little bit more but fired I, I think up. He's got his momentum and, going uh, right now, and, and you know, the, and, and there's a target. And let's be honest, there's a target on Colorado's back right yeah. now. I mean, there's a they don't want that next that next team that plays Colorado doesn't want to be the team to lose to Colorado again and and help build the legacy and the the legend <laughs> the legend of uh, the myth, the Neon myth, Dion Primetime yeah. Sanders. Yeah. Uh, now uh, the Tennessee Titans fell yesterday, sixteen to fifteen. Um, that was brutal. You know, I mean, look. First of all, first of all, before before we start jumping, at, before we put everybody on uh, the, the police on, bri- on bridge alert, you know, <laughs> people jumping off of. Look, the the New Orleans Saints arguably have one of the better defenses in the NFL. They have for the past few years. Marshawn Lattimore is an all is probably a Hall of Fame type cornerback. Um, you're not going to march up and down the field on the New Orleans Saints at this point in time. No team in the NFL is, much less uh, a team like the Titans that are just rebuilding their offensive line, trying to find their identity as an offense now. Um, you know and. But I tell you what, it now it, I'm, I'm just gonna. I, uh, it, it hurts though when you look at the situation. That yes, they, they, the Titans haven't haven't quite come together yet, and and I think they will down the road. And I am, and I am not. I'm not here game. to bash, and I'm not here to bash Tannehill. But at the same time, he is a, a, a veteran NFL quarterback, and when you miss two wide open touchdown passes, I mean yeah. wide open, ten yes. yards open. Not not yeah. not NFL open where you got to throw them open. These guys were wide open. You know, and I just hope and Tannehill this is two of them throws. You know, the, the three interception day again. That's gonna believe me. All the memes about Cincinnati, you're gonna come bugging out again. Sure, I, and I get that. Uh, but I'm not quite number one. I don't think the other two guys behind him are ready. So he's he's our best. He's our best option. Yeah. Secondly, I think he realizes. You know. 
I hope it's yeah. not a, a matter of him putting too much pressure on himself. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I, I as his was play more. gets, as he continues to play like he did yesterday, if he continues yeah. to play oh, then, then, in, in yeah. such a manner, then the build, then the then the pressure, pressure will start. The pressure builds. cooker will start to get hotter and hotter, and and the pressure will rise on him mentally. Uh, you know, moving forward because he knows, hey. I've got. I need to play well this year to get that one more contract out of yeah. somebody. If it's not the Titans, it needs to be someone else. But he knows in the back of his mind that he needs, even though he's making twenty million dollars a year with the Titans right now, and that's a, lot, a boatload of money. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, uh, but he's he's he wants to sign. He's he's not done yet. He if he doesn't yeah. sign with the Titans, he wants another contract. He wants another contract. Whether and, it's who, whoever it's with now, and if he doesn't play well. That the that that contract keeps diminishing and going down, and uh, the chances of getting one, the chances of getting one are going down. The, you know, the other thing that I noticed, uh, uh, and this is again my years of, of coaching, he was not comfortable in the pocket. He was what you know in golfing terms we call it the yips. Okay, he was just he was short arming passes. He wasn't stepping into passes with confidence. And even and when he had time, he was he wasn't he decisive. Was I think. I mean, know, again, and, and in his defense, when you spend two years getting your head beat in <clears> because <throat> your line can't protect you, you tend to get a little antsy, especially if the if a pattern takes a little bit longer than you than you want. Yeah. Now, all that being said, he's an NFL veteran. He's supposed to be better than that. There you go. And I think. Again, I think he'll own it. He, you know, he he'll step up and say, "Listen, I played a horrible game. I'm going to do better," uh, and I and I think he will. Uh, the other thing that I had a little question about was uh, they went back into being the old Titans in that Henry is averaging seven yards a carry in the first half and doesn't touch the ball in the second half. Hard to I, understand. I don't understand. That. I think especially, it's also especially in a close game. If is, they were two, three touchdowns behind, okay, I kind of understand that takes us out of the, the Henry mode. But no, they they weren't more than a touchdown back at any point. Uh, another thing. And, another thing. People were questioning, Coach, was the decision by Vrabel to kick the field goal when they're when it's sixteen to twelve with two twenty left. Titans, I think, had all their had all their timeouts. And I I don't disagree with that necessarily <clears throat> I mean, his because his defense has been playing well. And, and you really and you really hadn't gotten, got time. You really hadn't gotten into the end zone. Yeah. So so but the, I think the odds of you of you kicking the field goal there, making it a one point game, holding your defense holding the Saints, getting the ball back, getting into field goal range, the odds are a lot higher of that happening than being down four points and having to have a touchdown right. with I, in the same in the same amount of time. I didn't disagree with his choice to go for the kick. Okay. You know, again, his defense was playing well. All they needed, you know, they needed to get that three and out and and get the ball back. Then he would have the ball and some timeouts to get in. All he had to do was get a field goal with a veteran kicker. You know, it, he. I thought he played played it as well as he could. And at I that think point. that's right. I mean, and, the, the and, Saints fans didn't like it. They bet on the Saints because that yeah. that that covered the line. The but Titans the, fans uh, that bet on the Titans that covered their line. So they did like it. You're not going to make everybody happy. Yeah, and then you give up. You know, it's one of those things. You, you're, you're brilliant if it works, and you're you're an idiot if it doesn't. <laughs> so uh, there, absolutely. Yeah, so. Now. Um, 
other games in the NFL that uh, were a little bit shocking. Like the Dallas Cowboys doing oh, wow. going up to New York and winning forty to nothing. Um, the wasn't season, so shocking winning, but winning that big and that decisively. There you go. Yeah. Um, I tell you, the game of the day probably had to be at uh, the Los Angeles Chargers between the thirty six thirty four win of Miami and Tua and uh, Tyreek connection. Um, thank the good Lord I've got both of them on my fantasy league team, and they they amounted in my league for about 40 points worth, about 20 apiece. And uh, two through for 460-something, 460-plus yards, four touchdowns. Tyreek had 215 yards receiving on 11 catches uh, and had a couple of touchdowns. And, I mean – and that was at Los Angeles against Justin Herbert and a and a high profile, high velocity offense like the Los Angeles Chargers have. Thus, the score they scored seventy points between them, and yeah. that game went over the total. By the way, in case anybody was wondering, um, San Francisco went up to Pittsburgh and <laughs> I mean took care of business. Yeah, you, uh, don't, it, you usually it you was, don't see that Pittsburgh, game was never in doubt from yeah, the get go. You don't see Pittsburgh dominated like that very often, and believe me. I have a feeling Pittsburgh's practices will not be fun this week. Uh, there are a lot of uh, a lot of teams that got out of the gate very slow. Um, uh, Atlanta ended up winning their ball game. They it was pretty much a, a, a yeoman's day type work. Um, you know, none of the real superstars. Their 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 rookie uh, Bijan Robinson mm, had had a fairly good day. Ten rushes for fifty six yards and a touchdown. Uh, I tell you who had a bad day was Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals fell yeah. to Jimmy Haslam's Browns uh, in in a big way. They they what they and, managed three points, I think. And Burrow's had what eighty two yards. He had eighty two yards passing was- and only six first downs for the whole day. For for the Jamar yeah. Chase Which, and Joe Burrow, Joe Jamar Chase just managed five catches for thirty nine yards. Fantasy guys are pulling their hair out, going, "Why did I spend a first round first pick on Jamar Chase, and he just doesn't even break forty yards receiving yesterday against the Browns?" Yeah, and, and that just goes to show you also. So you Titans fans that are like you said, they're getting ready to jump off the bridge. Everybody has yeah, those it's, games. It's early in the season. It's There's early, seventeen games. Every, in this everybody. Schedule. Has those games, even the you know, even the Cincinnati and the great Burroughs, who's supposedly the you know, and I'll tell you the, what the, the the godsend of of quarterback. Poor J.K. Dobbins for the for the for the Baltimore Ravens. You got to feel for him. You know he tore his ACL a couple yeah. of years ago, missed the whole season. Yesterday, he scores a touchdown, running the ball. He tears his Achilles yesterday, yeah. and he's done for the year. So, okay, we're up against our first break. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. It is Manic Monday, September 11th. Never forget, folks. Uh, And we will be right back. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Hi, I'm Columbia Kiwanis Club member Suzanne Ganser. The Kiwanis Club and Columbia Main Street are partnering to put on a fall fest with a chili cook-off downtown Saturday, September 30th from 3 to 7. Come enjoy the music, taste the chili, or enter the cook-off. 
Proceeds raised by the Kiwanis go to local kids' charities. For more information or to enter the cook-off, go to the Columbia Kiwanis Facebook page. Come to enjoy the food, kids' zone, and music at this family-friendly event. We hope to see you there. This is Coach Trader's Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or parksmotorsales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless sparkles like the sun. They're timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life could be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. 
This is Coach Mike, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia, Tennessee. And welcome back into the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake, joined by Coach Mike in the studio. It is Monday, and, uh, you know, there's some fans and teams out there scratching their heads a little bit and trying to figure out what's going on. Now, Tennessee, uh, the Vols in Knoxville, um, took care of business. I guess that's about – they won. Yeah. uh, I mean, they they had – they won thirty as, to thirteen over Austin P State University, the governors from right across the state there, west of Knoxville. It was and, uncomfortably uh, close, though, for most of the game. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah, uh, it was a I ten mean, point game going into the fourth quarter, and well, they had that, a, they had a players only meeting after the game, um, and I assume there was some butt chewing going on. Um, among the players, which is which is okay. I mean that sometimes you need to have that, but uh, you know it's a second game. Well, we in the second or third. Is that the second, second game? Second game of the season. Yeah. I mean, I, I know Florida. I know Florida's next week. Man, they got to travel to Florida. I get it, but it's second game of the season. You shouldn't be losing focus. Second game of the season. No. Do you agree? I mean, yeah. Oh, and. and- it would be interesting to know where where that meeting went. You know how that how that meeting went. What what the what the tone was of that meeting was it okay, guys? This is you know was it the guys being the the, the senior leaders going? You know was it was it a chew out session or was it the senior leaders saying, "Hey, you we all know this is unacceptable that we have to play better than this. We have to pull ourselves to you know pull ourselves together. We have to focus better." You know, and, and um, or was it? You know, hey, it's it's wake up or get out of the way. You know, and, it needs and, to be one or the other. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I, you know, I I didn't know about that. Players only. I, this is the first I've yeah. heard about it. Now, you know, those those meetings can go. You know, they can go either way, right? Depending on the leadership that you've got, and I think Tennessee's got some strong leaders and, and some sure. good leaders. I, and I, I think, think Joe Milton's one of them. Yeah, and, and he didn't. You know, again, he'll be one of those first guys to say that that wasn't one of my better games. And, Absolutely, uh, and uh, he he was starting to go back to what what I call the old Milton. Speaking you know, of overthrowing some... and overthrowing and and throwing too hard in some regards, and you know not using his touch, but he started to settle down. Second half, he started settling in. He started getting getting his rhythm back a little bit, um, and and I think it's going to be one of those, almost one of those things. As a coach, you don't like doing it, but you're kind of you're kind of happy that you did because now you've got something to work on and you've got something to hang kind of in a sense hang over their heads of hey, if you don't do what you need to do in practice and you don't get yourself mentally ready. This is what can happen, yeah. and if we're playing somebody else besides Austin P, like we're Florida, get beat. yeah, 
I mean, yeah. you're going down. You're going. You're going and, to and the you're swamp this to, weekend, and you're a seven. You're a seven point favorite going to Gainesville yeah. this weekend. And if you find yourself, if you're Tennessee and you lollygag around in the first half, and you find yourself you're down by 14, 17 a, points at halftime, you're going to be in a pit. You're going to be in a mess. That's right. You're going to be. You're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So, uh, and I tell you, who else was in a lot of trouble this weekend? I mean, it, and look, I went to Alabama. I'm an Alabama fan. A lot of people, a lot of people listen to this show know that, and and there's, there's no qualms about it. And, and talking about taking uh, responsibility for a uh, a game that wasn't played very well on at home by Alabama, first person to take accountability was Nick Saban. He said we failed as coaches, coaching staff, as a coach. That's on me. We did not execute and play like we should have played. Now, that being said, um, and if anybody, for those of you who watched the ball game, and I watched it, of course, start to finish, uh, and Texas, to their credibility and their credit, they played a great game. Yeah. They played a tough game. That's why they moved to number four in the AP poll, and Alabama dropped to number 10 in the AP poll this morning. Um you know, but you can't make timely errors and turnovers. You cannot give the ball up to your opponent in a tight football game and expect to win. You can't, you know, you, coach, you know. The, the difference in you, talent is no longer as big as it used to be. It used you to know. be, you know, you could overcome those just because you were just better. And you could go well, you play programs, especially and, if you play in programs like yeah. like like uh, Texas. Yeah, I mean, come and, on, and so you, you can't, can't you, you can't make those errors in, in competition. That's that's close, and that's one reason why coaches like you, these games early. In you the might season. be you might be able to make it against Austin P. Yes, <laughs> but you can't oh, make I, it. I, I but you agree. can't make that mistake against, against Texas. Texas. Yeah, and and, and you know, to go back to what you said, you know, and we we kind of hinted at this with with Tennessee. If Tennessee plays Florida, or they play. South Carolina, they play an SEC school or they play a, a high-level competition the way they played Austin P. they'll get beat. You know, they'll just get beat. And, and Alabama saw that. You know, they, they made those errors. Uh, you know, you know, the, the focus in practice this week is going to be a very intense week of practice. There you go. <laughs> Alabama has South Florida next on their and schedule. And I feel sorry for South Florida because they're going to take the brunt of some really angry football players. <laughs> well, uh, I, I hope so. But uh, we'll just have to see how that turns out. Now, uh, Michigan State uh, has suspended their head coach, Mel Tucker, uh, who they had just signed a couple of years ago to a 10-year, $95 million guaranteed contract. Um, and Mel Tucker is accused of uh, – inappropriate sexual advances towards, believe this or not, towards the 30-year-old anti-rape, anti-sexual assault consultant for the Michigan State team. If if, if what happened actually that I read about, you know, the the article I read, if if he did what this article said he did to that person, it – it is. It doesn't make any. It, it, it's, like, it, it's. He needs to be not only fired, but probably arrested. Well, he is suspended <laughs> right now, and and, and well, from, and I, I mean, I this heard is. This morning, I heard this morning he they they went ahead and fired him. 
from what I know. Oh, is, oh, is it a done that's deal? Second okay, hand. That's secondhand. Okay. But that's, uh, well, I know, I know they suspended him, and, I, and, 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 and if, they, if they fired him, then, then, then yeah. they fired him. And, but, I mean, but, but he's the head coach. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, of course, the like season. Like I said before, the fishbowl. You, you, you're in a fishbowl. I think you his record is like 19 and 14 or, so, yeah. or 18 and 14 while he's been at Michigan State. And he went 11 and 2. The year after he took over, of D'Antonio left, and he took over. He went eleven and two, won the Peach Bowl, was was the man, and they signed him to this huge contract. Well, those out of those since then, uh, you take off seven wins, and then you add twelve losses. So he's gone like seven and twelve since that initial season. Um, and the luster is kind of worn, a little tarnished, and I mean it's, and now he's pulled this with the anti-rape, anti-sexual assault uh, consultant hired by Michigan State to instruct players and faculty and whoever else uh, in their athletic program about us. And she herself, she was a rape victim. Yeah. It- and this guy Again, was from what I was if, if what he if what I read about actually happened, this guy is just an out and out moron. He's just I mean stupid is too nice. Okay, to him. <laughs> well, I mean that, like uh, said, and, Mel Tucker could be he could be packed up and gone. Uh, I'm from sorry, just, right now and and uh, like he you should, said, he he should be getting a lawyer because he probably is about to get arrested. Uh, anybody else would be. Yeah. Okay, over the weekend, U.S. Open, congratulations to Novak Djokovic. Uh, he won the men's U.S. Open for his for his 24th Grand Slam title uh, over Daniel Medvedev, a Russian. And congratulations to 19-year-old Coco Goff. She won the women's uh, U.S. Open championship. And beat Arena Sabalinka in three sets, two six six three six two, and got a three million dollar check for it at nineteen. I mean, there's a Poor lot thing. of stuff a nineteen year old <laughs> spend three million dollars on. I guarantee you that. Um, but going back to Novak Djokovic uh, winning his twenty fourth Grand Slam event, he might be the greatest considered one the greatest tennis player in the modern era. 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 Not error. Era. And, uh, you know, there you have it. Um, And let me go back and clean up something. Um, I looked up the stats. Tua yesterday only threw three touchdowns. He didn't throw four. I said four. Only. But he did throw one interception. So only <laughs> and for 466. Had a yards. much better day than other quarterbacks. And they won 36 34 at the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, now, my. Hey, did you see the story about uh, the Milwaukee Brewers? Did you hear about I, this? I, I've missed How much that time one. we got left in this you got a, segment? We, we got about uh, three minutes. Okay. Four minutes, maybe. Uh, on Sunday, court, for the Milwaukee Brewers, now you all hang with me. I'm going to tell you this story, okay? Corbin Burns, the pitchers for the Brewers, Corbin Burns, Devin Williams, Abner Uribe, and Joe Piamps, Piamps, I guess is P-A-Y-A-M-P-S. They all combined to throw a no-hitter into the 11th inning with two outs. 
Okay. Okay. I did hear about this. Okay. Just a little bit about now, it. Now. I just saw a headline on it. I was uh, wondering about what happened. The Brewers. Okay. Now, let me see if I can get this right. There was a tremendous catch by Sal Fralick in the outfield. I mean, he ran over. He hit it. He hit the – he came from right field, collided with at the wall with the center fielder, still caught the ball to preserve the uh, no-hit bid at that point. Uh, the Brewers managed to score a run in the top of the 11th inning, meaning they just needed – to keep the Yankees off the board to secure win, and you know nowadays when you go into the when you go into extra innings, they put a guy on second base. Yeah, right. That's the new rule. Yeah, that's the speed. It's kind of a speed up rule. They got it from okay. they took it from softball to tell you. The truth. So they scored. They scored to make it one nothing in the top of the eleventh. They were playing at the Yankees. Uh, Pie Amps, a pitcher for the Brewers, entered in the bottom of the eleventh and gave up the first hit of the game. When Cabrera, Oswaldo Cabrera hit a ball to the far edge of right field, okay, and so that tied the ball game up from a 0-0 no-hitter. That tied the ball game up in the bottom of the 11th. It marked the first time since 1965 a team lost a no-hitter in the 11th inning, okay? Now, due to the rule that places a man on second base at the start of every extra inning, the Brewers also lost the shutout. Okay, as we know. Just a half inning after they had finally scored the first run of the day, they lost a shutout. The Yankees couldn't add any more runs, and the game went into the 12th inning. Okay? Now, in the 12th inning, the Brewers managed to score two runs on a double and a sacrifice fly. Uh, And then in the bottom of the 12th, Giancarlo Stanton for the Yankees hit a two-run homer to tie the ball game up 3-3. So they went from a no-hitter in the 11th to a 3-3 tie ball game in the 12th. After failing to score in the top of the 13th, the Brewers need to need to keep the Yankees off the board in the bottom of the frame and Hobby Milner gave up a double to Kyle Kyle Higashioka with one out in the bottom of the 13th to give the Yankees the 4-3 win. Now is that what a ball game! Yeah. <laughs> that's a type of ball and that, game. And, and you're and just that's, exhausted and when you walk yes, out. As a, mean, as, and as a pitching staff, you just go in it and you you just beat your head against the wall because you, you threw a, a I mean, twelve or eleven, 11 inning no hitter and, sti- and, and still lose, lose the and game. Lose the ball game four to three. Okay, all right, we're up against our second break. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I am Drake. Thank you all for listening. We're in the studio with Coach Mike. And we'll be right back. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. 
I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hosts for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Did you know that 70% of Americans age 65 or older will need some form of long-term care in their lives? And even more frightening, 7 out of 10 people who go into long-term care will become completely impoverished within one year. It doesn't need to be that way. You do not need to go broke in the nursing home. Call Perchowski Estate Law to learn how you can protect your life savings and hard-earned property from the high cost of long-term care. Call me at 931-363-7222. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. 
In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. And welcome back into Manic Monday here on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I'm Drake, joined in the studio by Coach Mike. AP poll came out this morning. Georgia remains at one, then Michigan two, Florida State three. Hey, the Texas Longhorns jumped all the way up to four, moved seven spots up for beating Alabama. I don't know if they should get that much credit for beating Alabama, but they did. Uh, USC, who just is mowing through uh, everybody they're playing, is number five, Ohio State six, Penn State seven, Washington eight, Notre Dame nine, Alabama dropped down to 10, and the Vols dropped two spots to 11. I, I, I not, think, not surprising, uh, honestly. Uh, so the, the, the writers took into account that they just didn't look as dominant over – over Somebody a team like they should have yeah, again. They, they should. should have beaten beaten them a lot worse than they did. Utah's and, at twelve, Oregon at thirteen, LSU at fourteen. If it sounds like I'm mentioning a lot of Pac-12 teams now, ACC teams. There's only two teams left in the Pac-12 now: Washington State and Oregon uh, State. Right? No, they're they're Are going they, they're going to the ACC oh, they, now. Did they finally pick them yep. up? Okay. They, they're, so uh, Kansas State's at 15, Oregon State is at 16, Ole Miss 17, Colorado jumped four spots up to 18. They're moving up the ladder. OU is dropped dropped one down to 19, and North Carolina is 20. Um, my question is, you know, well, is the SEC down? I mean, is the SEC – not really where, I don't, they, where they were. I mean, five five SEC teams are ranked in the top twenty, okay, of the, the after week two, okay, which is right now. Obviously, last year there were eight teams. Um, two seasons ago, there were seven SEC te- teams, and in two thousand nineteen, there were six ranked teams at this point out of the out of the SEC. Of course, Georgia's number one. Uh, but after Alabama's loss to Texas and LSU's loss to Florida State in week one, I mean, those are two SEC marquee programs, Coach, that, you know, that at this point in the season rarely even have a loss. And, yeah, well, and I, wonder, I wonder if that marks kind of a, a downtrend or a, a grade, a, a downgrade of SEC as a – of the SEC football team's schools as a whole. I don't know that I would see it as a downgrade or a downturn as much as it's the other leagues finally starting to catch up a little bit. Uh, Does I think the transfer we're seeing, portal? I, I think you're just... seeing the effects of the transfer portal. Uh, 
where the SEC schools used to get these guys that would come in and, you know, they would get two or three quarterbacks and have a big competition. And then the other quarterbacks were kind of stuck there. The ones that didn't win the competition were kind of stuck there because they didn't want to lose a year of eligibility. Now these guys are going now, to other, other universities. And they're school. going to these other conferences and okay. becoming, you know, uh, well, you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, loses his job to two. What does he do? He goes to OU and sets the world on fire. There you go. Uh, I mean, so you have you have this happening, and I, and I see the transfer portal, and I think this is what the NCAA was kind of hoping the transfer portal would do is level out the playing field a little bit. Yeah. And so you're seeing the effects of that, and when you level it out, you know, the teams that used to be the big dogs and the big dominant ones aren't so dominant anymore, nope. and you're getting teams that are have – haven't been in the hunt recently. All of a sudden, okay, they're getting play, they're getting key players, and they're back in the hunt. For example, Texas A&M, the other top contender in the SEC West, is one and one right now, and they got they got their hat handed to them down in Miami this yep. weekend by the Hurricanes. Yep, um, and that you know, and, and and that was supposed to be a the marriage of all marriages between Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino. Uh, you know, of just the offensive juggernaut that nobody was able to stop. Well, they ran into the Hurricanes, and the Hurricanes they got drowned. Coaches can only do they got drowned by the Hurricanes. Coaches can only do so much. They can set up the play. They can sure. They can call the right play at the right time. The players have to execute it. Absolutely. And if that doesn't happen, then words know, never. We saw that. More we, we saw that with the a, Titans. We saw that coach than you yeah. than just now. We we saw that with the Titans. We saw that with Tennessee. We saw it with Alabama. You well, have players open, they just don't execute. Four teams in the SEC West are undefeated, coach, but they don't scare anybody. I mean, you know, Ole Miss is at number seventeen in the AP poll, but struggled at times against Tulane on Saturday. Uh, that didn't. Uh, that didn't even – Tulane didn't even have their number one quarterback playing, Michael Pratt. Uh, I mean, towards the end of that game, I think the final was 38-20 and Ole Miss took care of business, covered the the spread, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, it's just a matter of – and then Mississippi State, who plays Arizona – at home and they're favored by ten in Starkville against Arizona. They have to they have to go into overtime to beat Arizona. And I just wonder, you know, and like you said, this is just the second week of, of a long football season and and teams are teams have to kind of figure out their identity, get a little bit more used to even new coaching uh changes and and from off from offensive coordinators to defensive coordinators to head coaches. So, but I still I still say there that we're starting to see the effects of the transfer portal and player quality players going to some of these other places and getting opportunities that they wouldn't have if they stayed where they were originally recruited and making big differences. I mean, what uh uh I, I drove blank uh, the, <laughs> the quarterback from OU that ended up in South Carolina. Um Rattler. Rattler. Yeah. You know, goes out of OU, you know, loses his job at OU, and, and so comes over to South Carolina, gets new life. There you go. And Dylan Gabriel. I think Dylan gonna, Gabriel, the quarterback yeah. for OU right now, was at uh, UCF, I believe, it was yeah. in Central Florida. Yeah. And he transcend. He's he's playing at uh, and OU and looks pretty. And looks you got pretty OU's darn quarter, good. You know, OU's, I mean, he's good. The kid is good. The OU quarterback that was there under their old coach went with him. To USC, guess what's happening to USC now? 
you're starting to see the great talent and the really, really good talent starting to spread out a little bit, which evens out everybody. There you go. And when you even things out, it becomes more of a toss-up. Well, our buddy, our our broadcasting buddy south of here, and of course everybody knows who Paul Feinbaum is, the uh, ESPN analyst who started out radio talk show and, and journalist, really, and went to UT. He's a graduate of Knoxville. Um, and after this morning, Paul Feinbaum uh, is just said that Deion Sanders has more star power right now than Nick Saban, and that that is one of the names that Paul Feinbaum would put in to replace Nick Saban at Alabama. Let me repeat that. <laughs> Paul Feinbaum said this morning that Deion Sanders prime time has more star power right now than Nick right Saban. Right now. Than Nick Saban. And, of course, with Alabama losing to Texas this past weekend, that Neon Deion Sanders would be one of the names that Feinbaum would put up to replace Nick Saban at Alabama should he ever choose to when he chooses to leave Alabama. And <laughs> – Boy, I just I, I, I catch I, my I, breath after I yeah. read that this morning. I, I could. What do you think? I mean, did you see Neon Dion at the University of Alabama's head coach? I I don't know. I mean, I maybe maybe hey, not. I, I, I need. What I do think you guys he, think? I think? I don't know. I think he needs some more seasoning. Yeah, he is a great showman. He is a great uh, promoter of his team and of, of his brand and all that stuff, and he's put together a pretty good football team that kind of lives up to the to the promotion. But, again, he's out there out in the West Coast – or not the West Coast, but he's out in the Western Mountains, and we're going to have to see. You know, now, if he can keep up, if he can keep this up all year long, then his credibility as a coach, uh, you know, is – will we'll climb. Uh, now – I just don't. I just. I, I just have a hard time seeing Sanders as the as an Alabama with the, with the kind of culture they have. Well, the Braves got some good news and the Dodgers got some bad news. Vanderbilt superstar, former Vanderbilt superstar and two time All Star Walker Bueller, twenty nine year old pitcher, uh, just went through his second Tommy John surgery and he will not be back for the playoffs for the Dodgers. That's bad news for them. Uh, the Dodgers are cruising with a 13-game lead in the National League West with 23, 23 games remaining before the Fall Classic starts. And uh, tonight, the Jets are at home, starting a new era with Aaron Rodgers, and they are inviting the Buffalo Bills over and the Magic I guess I'll have to listen to that on the radio because – yeah. Right now, my TV server is having a fight with Disney. There you go. The Magic Eight it. Ball says take the Jets plus the two and under the under the total forty five points. This is the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. I'm Drake for Coach Mike. We'll talk to you Thursday, four o'clock.